Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell. Great to have you with us here, as always, on the talk show. It is Easter weekend, and we're going to talk about Easter, but we're also going to talk about uh, the church and how the church has been affected by uh, what's been going on over the past uh, month, month and a half. And we're talking with Jason Davis, pastor of Anchor Church in downtown Sykeston. Hey, Jason. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Always uh, great to have you on the show and talk about different things. And obviously, you know, we've had you on before. We talk about Christmas and Easter uh, every year. But this year we got something a little extra to talk about, and that's the pandemic that's been going on, which in effect has shut the doors of the church building, but not shut down the church, obviously. Um, how's yep. What's going on affecting you know, like your church or the church in general right now? Well, I mean, uh, obviously with not being able to gather corporately in person, uh, that has taken a, a huge blow to uh, church as we know it. I think uh, probably in America it is affecting us more than uh, other places around the globe, just because of our idea of church in America uh, and the idea that church is that Sunday morning get-together where we come and sing a few songs and pray a few prayers and have a sermon and maybe have baptism or communion and, and kind of leave, and that's our church duty for the week. Um, and so, interestingly enough, that's been taken away from us and the church has had to, uh, I guess the word would be, get creative. And so uh, it's been interesting over the last month or so to have conversations with other pastors and hear what they're doing and what they're trying. And as for, for Anchor Church, specifically the church that I pastor, um, the impact that this has had is just, it has kept us away from each other, and we're a church that typically is is together often, not just on Sunday mornings, but we do small groups in homes on Sunday night. We have smaller groups that meet throughout the week. Our youth group meets on Wednesday night. Um, different families usually get together often throughout the week. And so just not being able to be together uh, with people, period, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week has been the biggest impact for us. But we're still able to do our Sunday morning um service if you will we live streamed it before on facebook anyway and so nothing really changed other than when i'm preaching i'm preaching without people in in the building so other than that it's about uh, about the same as far as the way we do things which is kind of odd you know to because it hasn't changed for you because you i know you were on facebook already live with your services, but what has changed is the fact that there's nobody in front of you. And when you speak in front of people, you feed off that. And do you find it um, a little odd and uh, difficult? I don't even know if that's the right word, that you can't feed off of that audience or people that are in front of you. Uh, you know, it's definitely different to preach with nobody sitting there, but we do have, um, there are people actually in the room, less than 10, and we stay six feet apart, but there are about four people that are there because uh, of our worship team that they, they do the music, and then we have one guy in the sound booth that uh, does our stream and does the soundboard and those types of things, 
And so basically what I do is uh, I preach as though I'm preaching to a full room. They sit uh, actually spread apart a little bit, so I'm able to kind of make contact with them. Uh, but I do uh, something that I normally don't do when we're live streaming is preach to the camera. Normally I just preach to the congregation and the camera is listening in, whereas now I feel like that I've had to uh, make sure that I get points across by preaching towards the camera. Uh, but I've just tried to do my best to preach as though the room is full. I've always said that if it was just me and my family or if there was a thousand people in the room, I'd preach the same way. And uh, I didn't realize that I was actually going to get to test that that mindset out, but that is what has happened. And so uh, for me, it's, it's definitely different, but uh, it's the same gospel, it's the same message, and I hope to, that I'm preaching it with the same passion. You know, I, I, something I thought about this week, Jason, is, you know, whether you're a traditional church with, you know, still with using hymns and and no uh, uh, instruments on the stage to the, you know, full band lights and, you know, smoke and the coffee bar and all that stuff, all of those things, no matter how you feel about either side, the very conservative side or the very liberal side of how you do worship or how you do church, um, none of that matters because no one's in the building, no one's at the coffee shop, no one, no band is on the stage with the lights and everything, and it seems that churches are really finding that that relationship is the most important thing when it comes to the membership and when it comes to reaching people. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Uh, relationship is huge. And if, you know, you, all you have to do is look on social media and you see that people are longing to be back with people and to have those relationships in person where we get to have communication. I, one of the things that I've done a lot of over the last few weeks, even you and I have done a couple times, with, uh, those Zoom meetings where we're actually getting to see people face-to-face even though it's over a, a computer screen. That's how we do our small groups now uh, through all this as well. And it's interesting, uh, we're so hungry for that community, for that relationship, that even something as simple as a FaceTime call or a Zoom call is scratching that itch. And, and it's like being so hungry that even a scrap of breadcrumbs uh, tastes so good. You know, it's, it's that kind of imagery. And... Uh, not only the relationship thing, but I think something else that is going to be precious about this time as we look back on this in the course of American history and, and probably church history years from now is that my prayer has been that this would be a resurgence of getting back to what truly does matter, and that's the gospel and, and the hope that we have in Christ. And, you know, it doesn't become about putting on the show or, or trying to impress people or trying to stick to our roots and our foundation. It becomes about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's my prayer is that uh, at the other on the other end of this, uh, the gospel is shining brighter than ever in America and around the world. And I think, and again, being in those conversations with you and others, the church, I think, has to look at this as an opportunity um, because it, the church has to be creative and 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 doing the normal things just aren't working right now because we can't be together right we can't go out and do visits we can't you know uh, do the different events or activities at church um, this is though an opportunity for the church to be creative and to reach out in ways that they have not done before. Yeah, absolutely, and it just lends itself to 
um, the church being the church instead of just doing church. And when we are being the church, we're helping take care of our neighbors. We're helping serve the least of these. We're helping reach those uh, who can't help themselves. And, you know, I've seen that play out in my church family and many church families where, um, you know, people are delivering meals, they're buying meals for people and then having them delivered. They're uh, mowing each other's grass, taking care of, of those types of things. Um, going out and buying wipes or uh, sanitary stuff for people. It's just been uh, quite interesting. And, and again, that's a, when we strip away the stuff that's not really necessary, those things that become necessary and a part of the Christian life kind of rise to the top, and, and that's what we're seeing take place. And, and churches, I have to say, churches are being creative when it comes to doing those types of things. It's pretty amazing. Do you think that there is a possibility that when this is all over with, whether that be in a month or two months or whenever, um, that the church actually does change and, you know, not go back to whatever it is they were doing before, but changing in a way that um, it is being the church, not, as you put it, just going to church. Yeah, uh, I would like to be optimistic about that, to be real honest. I would like to say, you know, this is going to change us as uh, as the church in America, and it's going to hopefully straighten up. But but I also think there's a, a chance or a danger in that we're so desperate to get back to normal that we just go back to normal and try to get back in the routine, if you will, the muscle memory that we've had in the past, and uh, everything that we did in this exceptional moment becomes something that we just do in exceptional moments and really... We just try to do what we've always done. That's my fear on the, the pessimistic side of me. Optimistically, I would hope that this would change things uh, for uh, for the history of the church. Because we are creatures of habit, and we get out of those habits, but we long for them. <laughs> and when it's time, you know, when, th- when things happen and we're able to go back, we go right back to those old, old, those old habits again. Yeah, and, that, and again, that's my fear is that... M- Muscle memory is hard to break, and uh, even just uh, a few weeks not being able to do the normal things doesn't necessarily break muscle memory. And so, hopefully, uh, that that will happen, and muscle memory will change, and and we'll get to some uh, more productive muscle memory as the church. And that's getting out and doing things uh, as a church is supposed to do, uh, rather than yeah. just you know come and come here on a Sunday and feel good and be good for the rest of the week. Today we're talking with Jason Davis. Jason is the pastor of Anchor Church in downtown Sykeston, and a good friend of mine. We've had him on the show several times talking about a lot of different things, actually. But now it's time to focus on something good, and that is the good news of uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the gospel message. And, uh, you know, Jason, you and I have talked many times about Easter, and um, there are many people or some people or maybe just one person listening right now who have no idea exactly what Easter is all about. They just know the secular part, the you know Easter money and the hiding eggs and that sort of thing, and maybe don't really understand why we celebrate once a year Easter. So lay it on us. What is Easter all about? Well, uh, you know, we celebrate Easter because that's when uh, Jesus came and gave his life on the cross on Good Friday. It was buried, and three days later, he he rose again from the grave. That was the first Easter morning 
so to speak, was the, the day that he rose from the grave. And so as we, the church, and uh, as believers in our faith, we, we believe that is the most important event to ever happen in the history of the world. Uh, that is the way that we can have uh, forgiveness from our sin, and we can be in right relationship with God, and we can be in right relationship with one another, uh, is because Jesus came and bridged the gap between sinful, broken man and holy, righteous God. And so uh, we have much to celebrate, and hopefully, hopefully I say, uh, it's not just Easter that we celebrate that. Um, I, I try to guide my church to celebrate that every week, but we, we do get a chance uh, this time of year to focus specifically on that, and, uh, and the world kind of focuses on that, so it, it gives us a platform to proclaim the good news of the hope of Christ. And I know that's something you and I have kind of talked about before, um, because you believe, and I, and I believe you're correct, is that that celebration is something that should be celebrated daily, and not something that we just put aside just for this one Sunday of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the, uh, it is the foundation of everything not only that I believe, but everything that I do in my life is wrapped around my faith that that happened. And history records that that happened. And so if, if that is true, which I believe it is, then it is the greatest gift I've ever received, and it is the greatest hope that we could ever proclaim. And that's not just something that I want to share one Sunday a year uh, in the spring and in competition with uh, eggs and bunnies and chocolate. It's something that I want to proclaim with everything that I do and everything that I say as I go to work, as I go to uh, places of fun, as I go to the grocery store, as I hang out with my family. I want to proclaim that with what I say and proclaim that with what I live and what I do because it is the greatest hope. And one of the key things that you just said was proclaiming that, yes, verbally, right, telling people uh, about this belief and, and who he is and that sort of thing. But the key word that I just heard that you said that I think is as, if not more important, is the live part, right? So we believe this certain way, but then there's also the living out of that belief. Yeah, and, and that's actually, uh, at least the way that I view it, is is more important than just what we say, what our proclamation with our words are. We we live what we believe. We can say all kinds of things, but our life will say what we truly believe. And so uh, there there are times, and, and by the way, I'm not perfect, and there are days when I absolutely blow it. When somebody could look at the way I'm living my life or the way I'm responding to a situation and go, what is his hope in? And, uh, you know, thankfully there's forgiveness for those, those days as well. And uh, the Lord is uh, slow to anger, and he is gracious and forgiving. And so as I repent of that failure to live for him, he forgives me even in those times when I, when I mess up. But uh, that living the life of a Christ follower truly says more than what your words say. And I think that the church um, could do a better job. I don't want to say they've, they've done the bad job, but could do a better job of um, communicating to people that just because I have this belief 
doesn't mean that I am perfect, that I, I'm still fallible. I still make mistakes. I still think the wrong things, say the wrong things, do the wrong things. But the change is, A, I am forgiven of past transgressions and future, for that matter, uh, and B, that I am always a work in progress, that God is always working on me to make me better or to make me what he wants me to be. That's right. I mean that that's a that's a truth that we have to live by and understand. We maybe fall guilty of believing that when we uh, come to faith in Christ, acknowledge Jesus as the Lord of our life, that 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 immediately makes us perfect people. It immediately uh, makes life just uh, sunshine and roses, and nothing's going to go bad, and everything's going to be good, and I'm going to be good. The problem is we still live in a fallen world, and we still feel the consequences of sin. I mean, this pandemic is uh, is just us feeling the consequence of original sin and how disease comes uh, because of the original sin. And so as we think through this, that's, that's what gives Easter such uh, hope as well as, you know, the resurrection that took place when Jesus rose from the dead is proof to us. It is the validation of the promise of God to those who trust him that death is not the end, that that this life on this earth is not the end, that one day we will go from being people who are in the process of being sanctified after we've been justified, uh, that one day we're going to be glorified, and that's when we will be perfected, when we won't have to deal with sin any longer. We will be absent from the presence of sin, and that's going to be a fantastic day uh, when eternal life begins. It's hard to wrap your mind around that. You know, that, that you're going to be in this perfection, that God, once again, will have this perfection around us, and that sin won't be a problem anymore. Yep, that's right. Won't even be, won't even be there. Yeah, it's just hard to fathom. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hard just to wrap my brain around that fact that that perfection is coming. Because I know me right now, and I know I'm not perfect. Like, you know, you, even you just said a few minutes ago, you know, still make mistakes, still do this, still do that. Um, but then I, then I won't anymore. I just, you know, it's, just, it's a wonderful hope to have. For sure. And we, and we as human beings long for that. Uh, the book of Romans says we crane our neck for that day. We look for that day when uh, all the sin is gone, all the fallen condition is gone, and we are made perfect, made new at the consummation of all things. When we are in the presence of Jesus, we're in the presence of God the Father, we're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we're there in uh, just in adoration and worship. I know uh, in my church history, we sang songs about the streets of gold and the mansion on the hilltop and all the things that heaven will include, which are great things. But the the, the main event of heaven is going to be face to face with holy God and and be able to worship Him, and that is going to be amazing. It's going to be the ultimate worship service, uh, Jason. And as you know, we've kind of talked about. Um, you know, it's not something that we should celebrate once a year, but we should celebrate it daily. We should live our lives uh, in a way that, you know, carries out that belief on a, on a daily basis. Um, how do you 
talk to someone who doesn't have that belief, um, how do you try to share with them uh, what this day truly means in a way that they may understand a little more about Jesus and what this is all about? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, as we said just a little bit ago, a lot of that has to do with uh, relationship and and the way that they see me live my life, uh, the way I live my life with my family, the way I live my life uh, at work, the way I live my life you know, with church, the way I respond to situations in life. Um, and, and what that does is it leaves a question. And the question is how – Hopefully, this is. I, I pray this is the people's ask when they see me. How can he be responding in this way? What what empowers him to respond in that way? And I can assure you that I tell them it's not because I'm such a good dude, because I'm not. We just talked about that. It's not because I'm smart. It's not because uh, I'm handsome. It's not because uh, any of that stuff. It is because of the love of Christ in my life, because he has saved me. I can respond with hope because there is a promise of future hope. And and so um, the way that I live my life in response to pandemics, in response to financial struggles, in response to uh, death, in response to job loss, the way I live my life uh, trusting the Lord and pressing into him and believing that all things work together for good for those who believe on Christ, who are called according to his purpose and then it, it gives me a chance to say to somebody who may not believe that, listen, I don't know how I would do this without the Lord. I, I don't know how I would respond without the Lord, but I know that with the Lord I can trust him. I know that he is good. My situation may not be good, but he is good, and I can trust him. And so that's the way I share. That's the way I share my testimony uh, on a regular basis. That's the way I share the gospel on a regular basis is um, – I, I can't imagine being without him. Jason, always a pleasure having you on the show. Of course, if you want to know more about uh, Jason or Anchor Church, they're on Facebook. You can check them out there. Right now, their services are live every Sunday because of the pandemic going on, and all the churches are pretty much on the Internet now. Uh, as uh, We saw a thing not long ago. Uh, in a blink of an eye, um, all pastors became televangelists. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, always a pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, buddy. All right, Jason Davis of Anchor Church. Thanks for listening today on the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell.